Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frog Snacks Podcast. It is episode 185, and it is I, Snacks, with me as always is Frog, and we are going to talk to you about a topic you probably know a lot about anyway, but we don't care because uh, we haven't really, at least not in a very long time, or at least explicitly, devoted an entire episode of Super Smash Brothers. And given that Super Smash Brothers Ultimate just came out a couple of days ago, and we had a significant uh, amount of time playing it in those past couple of days, uh, it's it's only appropriate uh, that we talk about it. Oh yeah, Smash so, Brothers yeah. is uh, like a pretty integral part of both of our lives, I would say. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I, in in so far as that we are gamers, uh, and, and that and that Smash, I think probably plays an outsized role in all gamers' lives anyway. Um, well, except if you're Dingus. Shout out to Dingus. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, supposing you are not a hater, Smash really does like. It it really does occupy a lot of real estate in your in your gaming history. I think I think that goes for most people who consider themselves video game enthusiasts, right? I think that'd be fair to say. So you Whether know, you own the game or not? Yeah, and that's the that's kind of the thing is like doesn't really even matter at that point because you've all played it. It's almost like it's 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 almost like Mario Kart where everybody has like vivid and fun memories of playing this game whether or not they uh whether or not they you know even consider themselves gamers like everybody's like had a cousin growing up like who had Mario Kart and like you know or or you know they played it in college at random parties or whatever and like I think the same goes for Smash but the difference is that there are only really like three, I guess four now Super Smash Brothers games. Um, well, so, five. Yeah, I mean five. Well, we'll get into you know Ultimate or whatever, but I mean people have people don't have like a long lasting connection with Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's been out for five days, so right. you know I, when we're talking about basically the games are generational. Is what I'm yeah. trying to get at. So, it, you know, with with Mario Kart, like, yeah, Mario Kart 64 was hot, and like Double Dash had its moment, and then like all that other stuff. But there were there are like Mario Kart games coming out a re- pretty fairly regular clip, not so much with Super Smash Brothers, and so their longevity uh, have has kind of like made each installment uh, legendary in its own right, and, and amongst people of specific age groups. And so it's a, uh, it's a big deal. I, I, I think, um, a good way to put it is, uh, you know, my girlfriend who doesn't play games, was never into it, didn't really grow up around it, doesn't really know anything about it, but it's a good sport about it, you know, uh, right. because it's a big part of my life and, you know, sort of like, you know, TS, you got to deal with it now. Um, right. <laughs> When, uh, 
when when you know she finally got her hands on uh, Super Smash Brothers and uh, you know were were like I had it and I was playing it and she was there for the first time and I was like you should uh, play this game and she was very reluctant obviously and then she played it and within a couple of seconds she was like oh I've played this game. Mm. So, you know, we're really not talking about, you know, uh, I don't think we're talking about a, a, a game that is, and, and I don't want to use the word niche, but like it, it, it occupies a different space than most other video games culturally. Yeah, it's like this strangely ubiquitous type of thing. Yeah, it totally is. It, d- despite it hap- like happening to be a video game. Yeah, it's it's a it's like a almost like an unspoken cultural touchstone. Like within the game enthusiast crowd, it's obviously on a very large pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is that kind of thing that a lot there there are a lot of people like your girlfriend, right, who have played the game, but it's not necessarily going to be a top of mind type of thing. Especially because Smash Bros. even among fighting games is very much its own beast. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you have the Smash crowd, excuse me, and then you have everybody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's, even though everybody else has some experience with it. Yeah, and and like you know, it, it. I mean, it gets its own room dedicated to it in at PAX East every year. Yeah, because it still is in, in for a company that has built a pretty much sterling reputation on the back of uh, four player, you know, four players on a console playing a multiplayer game. Uh, Smash Brothers has become the cornerstone of that reputation. I, I think there can be no doubt. Mario Kart is definitely a strong second, but I don't think there can be any doubt that Smash Brothers is the cornerstone, especially given how obsessively and and lovingly each successive entry has been just blown completely out of anybody beyond anybody's wildest dreams yeah i think I, yeah no you're you're definitely you're definitely right and i and i think it's i think it's done much more for depending on you know uh depending on who you ask right mm-hmm. because i know i know groups of friends who you know, are like are not gamers even, but but play Super Smash Brothers. Like I've gone on, I've gone on ski trips with with people that have never spoken about video games in their lives, and then like would bring an N sixty four with them and and only bring one game. And you know, it's it's. I, I think I and I said so. I think that if you ask people like that, you know, people who are like you know, generally aware of video games as a, as a, uh, as a commodity and as a thing and have played their fair share of them, but like wouldn't consider themselves gamers. Like, you know, you, if you ask them to pick a Nintendo game, just like name a Nintendo game, Smash is going to be the very top of the list, if not the very first game that you mention. And then for, and then for people who are enthusiasts like us, Smash did a very interesting thing where, you know, the, the previous is true for us as well, but it's done something a little bit different, kind of like how, 
um, it sort of it sort of did for Sakurai what um, what like Metal Gear Solid did for Kojima, right? Where where you box him in entirely? <laughs> yeah, well, that, but also like bringing this person like out into the open. There, you know, we, right. we've we've definitely talked a lot about how game developers don't kind of share the same like name recognition as as a lot of other people like like Hollywood directors or whatever like the same type of people that make the things that we love just as much as we love the games like we, we can really only name like a handful of people who work in games uh you know you and I might be able to name a few more than the average person but still um Sakurai I think um <clears throat> I mean he's like single Definitely one of the most famous now yeah and and he's like single name status, you know? Yeah. Um, you don't have to specify. I, I mean, in the West it's different cause you know, there aren't even that many, there aren't that many people with Japanese names that you would know anyway, but like right. at, at least here, like there's only one Sakurai. Right. The God of smash. Um, you're totally correct. And, and it's, just like Ko- it's it's funny because I have thought about that you know connection between him and Kojima before, but when you bring it up, it really is true that they share a lot in common. As I said before, they were both they both created legendary game changing franchises that ended up becoming their kind of personal prisons, right? Yep. Uh, they're both completely obsessive, detail oriented. Uh, and and tend to take the hands-on approach. I think Sakurai even more so than Kojima. Uh, Sakurai to the point where even he has been noted on many occasions, his health takes a downturn because he gets so involved in trying to put the games together. Uh, And they both have a very, very, very strong vision for what they want their end product to be. And that shows through literally every second from the moment you boot up the game, it shows through every second of both creators' products. You know, massive teams are involved, and I always feel bad because we talk so much about these directors, and massive teams are needed to make all these games happen, especially something like Smash, with the absurd amount of detail and content. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, But we only ever really talk about Sakurai, but particularly in Smash's case you feel, again, his vision is so clearly felt. I remember, I forgot what interview they said, that they literally would record him giving instructions so that they could play it back later, you know, in different parts of the studio, just to make sure that every word he was saying was carried out, like his orders were being carried out to full, its fullest possible accuracy. Like, that's the level of detail we're talking about. Both guys are definitely auteur creators, to use the film school term, um, to a T. So with that all said, um, let's talk a little about this new game. The fifth entry in this legendary series. Let's start at the beginning. What, what is your general impression of the game? We've played a lot together this weekend, obviously. Um, yes. We can get to that a little bit later. but uh, So we played a lot together this weekend. What is now that we've had some time to settle down? Almost a week since release. Damn, already almost a week. Anyway, always, already almost a week. So what are you thinking? What are the general impressions of the game? So I think that the, the 
thing that really hits you first is exactly the thing that they tried to build the game as, which is how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of modes I haven't played yet. Uh, mm-hmm. And the game's been out for a week, and, I, and I've played it at, for at least a little bit every night uh, in, in these in these past five days. Um, I think that... Uh, I mean, the, it, it feels good on the Switch. Um, it feels... Um, you know, I... I'm really liking the Pro Controller, but that's how I played Smash 4 mostly, was on the Wii U Pro Controller. Uh, so I, 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 it feels at home using that. Um, the, the GameCube adapter works, so if you're, if you're a, uh, a, you know, if you're a, if you're a, um, a GameCube or die uh, controller person for Smash, um, you know, they're, they're there for you. That's great. Um, I think that the game looks really good, uh, which is something that you don't always say about Nintendo games. Uh, like, you know, we, we aren't like people who are overly obsessed with graphics, but I do think it looks very good for a Nintendo game. Um, but still very good nonetheless. Um, I really like the story mode, um, the, the spirit mode thing. Um, it's very, it's very addicting. Um, the, the immediate sense of progression and the super short battles, like, uh, is, is very intoxicating. I, I've spent most of the time doing that actually. Uh, usually what I do is I, I go through, uh, classic mode with, with every character. That's usually one of the first things I do or hop right. on, or hop online. I haven't done either right. actually. Um, I've just sort of played local with, with you. We had a pretty long, you know, weekend session uh, where we played it and, and then, uh, spirit mode. Um, it's, um, I think the game is very good. I mean, it, it, it borrowed a lot of the same mechanics from smash four, you know, it's, it's not like too fundamentally different. I have noticed some changes in a lot of the, in the ways that a lot of the fighters move. Um, a lot of the new characters are pretty fun. I I've made it a point to try new characters every time that one shows up. Yeah. I think, uh, I think K- King K rule is very, very fun. Um, there's still a few new characters I haven't tried yet, but, uh, King K rule is, is, is fun. Um, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it I, I almost feel like I can't justifiably talk about it intelligently because it's, it's mechanically very similar to Smash, but there's so much in it that I feel ill-equipped almost to talk about it. Like, I can talk about, you know, spirit mode, I think, intelligently, but I, I, I don't know if I can talk about, you know, th- there, there has been some, and I'm sure we'll get to it, but there's, there's been some uh, talk about uh, the online mode be, being a little janky. I can't speak to that. Um, I haven't even unlocked all of the characters. You know, it really feels like a game that I would play. I think this is. I think this is probably the best way to sum it up. I feel like this is the type of game that you know I will not be done with for a very long time. Um, I think that what I typically do for Smash games is that I unlock all the characters 
and then it's just there and and I have it in case somebody wants to play it, which is often enough where I never feel like I need to like play it when nobody's around. Right. Um, but for this game, I'm I'm playing it every night. Um, just getting more stuff, unlocking more things. I still don't feel like I'm I'm done, even though I've unlocked a lot of the characters. I, I still don't feel like I, I I'm I'm done with the game. Like I I feel a very real need to complete the game, much in the same way I feel like I need to complete um, a, a, an action RPG, um, w- which is typically not a feeling that you have for a fighting game, and I think that that just speaks to how how much effort they put into single player options, how good those options are and how big the game is. Like how much stuff there is to do. The game pretty much does earn the ultimate name that's given to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I can I feel bad even trying to critique like, Oh, you didn't put this in and you didn't put that in. Because they really put a lot of shit in this game. There's a couple small things that I'm like, even though all this is great, I still wish you could have put this thing in there for me. Smash run. But uh, <laughs> uh, but on the whole, you're right. Like The package that's been offered already is pretty fucking absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it. Yep. You're talking about a game that has 74 characters. Like I, people hear that number, right? And this is a number, seventy-four. But p- think about what that really means. There are seventy-four fighting characters in this game, I and you have to unlock all of them. I believe it's the largest cast of any fighting game ever. It's unquestionably the largest cast because the largest cast of any traditional is still, I'm pretty sure, Marvel Two, which was fifty-six. And yeah. I think even Smash Four beat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end so this is already blowing everybody out of the water in that regard and we're still getting five more mm-hmm. that's true and I cannot so, wait for I cannot wait for, for Piranha Plant yeah actually yeah six more sorry yep six, what <laughs> like how absurd is this 80 they're gonna be 80 characters this time 2020 uh and there's a hundred and again, there'll be a hundred and five stages. I don't know if they're adding one for Piranha Plant specifically. Probably not. Um, but what? Actually, it's more because when they said if you count the Battlefield and Omega versions, it's over three hundred. And I was like, yeah, but that's kind of a fudge. But having played on some of those stages now, they really do feel very different. Yeah, they so do. I'm, they do. And then you also have it, like the only the only like you know like uh like head tilt i would give to that claim is that they standardized the the edges of each of the omega and battlefield stages but they didn't do that to be lazy they did that specifically to appease the competitive crowd which i think is a, the good and important thing to do absolutely that was the smartest thing i'm just hoping that they don't come up with any more excuses to not have a nice stage variety. Because as I said to you when we were together this weekend, I was like, I'm sure that Sakurai himself and many of the people on the team were super pissed that, you know, they spent all this time 
putting together this crazy ass game with all these crazy stages and all and this absurd music collection, which I'm going to come back to. And people only will see if they watch a tournament, they'll only see literally like 15% of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that pissed them off. It pissed me off. Like, I'm one of those people that care about aesthetics. So like I'm one of those people I hate playing on the same stage over and over, no matter what the fighting game. And I hate when fighting games only give me like eight stages. So I'm like, come on, guys, really? So I'm over the moon that there's so many stages in this game, and I'm even more over the moon that uh, they gave ways to, you know, make it viable for the turning crowd. And honestly, it's great for everybody because it's just yet more variety for the rest of the crowd. Like regular people playing um, standard Smash with items and everything are still going to have a perfectly fine time playing on Battlefield and or FD style stages. Sometimes it's even preferable, you know? Mm-hmm. And if I, at what, in fact, let's come to this point. The big thing for me about this game is that this is a game that not only did they just overwhelm you with content, but I think they did a great job of answering complaints for the most part um, and really just streamlining a lot of stuff. Like, for example, this is after, what, a decade plus? They finally answered the the call to make stock the standard mode and not fucking time. Yeah. So stock is finally standard and you can change you can make custom rule sets and you pick those before you do anything else. Like it's just so well thought out, you know? Yeah, and, uh, and I think thought out. the custom the custom game type I think is um so crucial because it's something that uh, – okay, so I, I, th- I think we have to talk about how important this game is to clicks. And I think that there's a lot of like – there's a lot of, of like bond that goes into, you know, like groups of friends' histories with this game. And, oh, God. And I think that they're, you know, they're, aside from like standard tournament rule set, there are probably a lot of, you know, groups of friends who grew up playing this game together and have like, you know, come up with custom rule sets of their own and being able to save them and name them. I think yep. it's really. I think it's really big, you know, obviously like there's, it's, it's, uh, it's that cost, that level of customization, uh, is catered to a very specific thing that this game does, which is what I just described. And I, and it's too easy for a game developer to say, okay, well, the competitive scene is doing this or the people online who play this game who are the loudest, which is usually the competitive scene wants this and we're going to, and we're a good developer and we're going to cater to this. We're listening to our people and we're going to do this thing. We're going to uh, make these small changes. They'll make the quality of life 
are these people who play this game in this very specific way easier because because this is you know who is asking and we are we all we can do is listen but i think that this is this is unique to smash's um position in the in the in the gaming universe but for them to say like okay clearly for the last 20 years the loudest people who have been playing this game the 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 people who have been wanting the most things and wanting them the loudest have been this very specific group of people who play the game in a very specific way and uh, ask for very specific things. And they didn't just, they did, but they didn't just cater to this group of people. They did a lot to appease the competitive community for Smash, but they did a lot to appease the people who play Smash in, in other ways, not less important ways, but other ways that are certainly not the types of people who are on Smash boards, like screaming for Sakurai to, you know, <laughs> uh, standardize some ridiculous, you know, frame data thing. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Sakurai's team said, okay, we know that these aren't the only people who are playing this game, and we know that everybody that plays this game doesn't only play it in this way. Uh, you know, if that were the case, they wouldn't try to do anything. They would they would strip they would strip Smash down to, you know, bare bones. It would be a very Spartan delivery, but they didn't want to do that, and they still managed to put so much fluff into the game without it feeling like fluff because they still listened to the competitive scene. And I think that the custom rule set is one of the most obvious examples of this. You know, the the competitive uh, the, the the custom rule set basically says, "I know that you and your friends in your basement play this game and have never once been on Smash boards." And have, and have no clue what wave dashing is, but you take this game seriously. Right. And you all agreed, uh, you know, a long time ago, um, independently of all the other people who decided this, that, you know, only Pokeballs as the items on high is the, is the <laughs> most fun way to play the game. And so now, instead of going in and changing every time, you can save it, uh, you know, or if, you know, uh, all of your friends, except for one of your friends, you know, uh, loves this one item, uh, and and that's become like an in-joke for you and your crew, you can make a rule set with that item removed and, like, name it after that friend or something. Yeah. And, like, this... Yeah, and like this happens, and I, I I'm I'm happy that this game allows everybody to do every to do to do with this game whatever they whatever they will, uh, you know, w- without um, without the game feeling cumbersome or watered down or you know, uh, ignorant of any specific play style. Um, 
the fact that they did custom rule sets and that they standardized the you know the the you know outlines of the, the blast zone of, yeah. of the, yeah, the the blast zone of the FD and battlefield modes for every map I think is just like the most impressive thing to me um, that they that they just seem so in tune with the way that people play this game and all the various ways that they play this game and and manage to fit it all in. That's a good point. I mean, it, Smash in general is one of the clearest examples of the, the ongoing tension between uh, a game's casual player base and its most hardcore co- and or competitive player base. Because in, in the case of this game, they really couldn't be more different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hell, even even the competitive basis of each individual Smash game is a whole other ball game from all the others, right? So this the fact, as you said, that they are able to kind of thread that needle and more or less, we'll see, I've definitely seen some complaints online already, but it seems by and large that they've hit the mark. And I think the tournament scene is going to be pretty hyped for this as it develops. And obviously, they'll be patching and, and tweaking the game. Uh, it has to be said, though, that I have played online, and online is cheeks. <laughs> yeah. Which is what is expected, but that doesn't make it acceptable. And even though I have to say that I'm not sure how much of it is really Nintendo's fault, because at least in terms of like programming perspective, because the, the reality is that all of Nintendo's consoles that have had online have been wireless. And when the entire player base, or at least like a, a strong, strong majority, is playing on wireless, it's going to be ripe for a shit show. Like, there's just no way around that. So... I mean, I don't know what the solution... I mean, you did have Sakurai literally in the Nintendo Direct being like, please buy an Ethernet adapter. I know, which is but, insane that he said that. Which is, which is hilarious, but... Because um, he knows that there's not much that they can realistically do, partly because the United States already is a tough territory to do online gaming well in because of how spread out everything is. But that's only exacerbated again by the fact that it's a switch, especially the switch because at least like the Wii and the Wii U were stationary consoles, the switch people could be playing any fucking where. And if they have the, even the most threadbare connection to the internet, let's play some smash online. Yeah. So <laughs> it really is a recipe for disaster. So I don't know what the solution, if there is any to getting people to having a better connection is, the game already does apparently prioritize like regional connections, which is probably why one of the big complaints I see is that, and this is one design decision that I did think proved to be pretty ridiculous, was you know they took out the for fun and for glory modes of Smash 4 and replaced it with uh, the preferred rule set, which on paper sounds like you're getting way more options, but the problem is that if you're the person that wants to play 1v1, items off, et cetera, et cetera, competitive mode, mm-hmm. apparently you still will get at least 50% of your match- ma- uh, matches are going to end up being um, four-player free-for-alls. I guess for what probably because it's prioritizing region over your rule set. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that problem, unless you do battle arenas. I will give them that credit that they that addressed one of my biggest complaints, which was that I couldn't play with friends online and random people at the same time. Um, but battle arenas, you can just do a public battle arena, and that solves that. And it's it's a very nice lobby system. So there is that. But the online in general is not great. But um, Smash is an in-person game at the end, like all fighting games. Fighting games always have trouble online because they are so dependent on literally fractions of a second for huge, hugely important strategic decisions, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and those are hard to nail down in an online environment, no matter what the game is. So they always, at the end of the day, are going to be best played in person. Uh, and even there, the fact that you have Smash on the Switch is incredible. Like tomorrow, for example, I'm going to haul my Switch out to lunch with one of my coworkers, and we're going to post up in like a Buffalo Wild Wings for an hour, and we're going to be playing Smash wirelessly against each other. Like, how amazing is that? This is the promise of the Switch from the get-go. Land parties everywhere. Yep. That's that's what the, that's what excites me the most about this. That you're going to be able to carry this absurdly content stuffed package everywhere with you, you know, and, and anybody can get it. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know, see someone great, you know, on the way to work, you know. Oh, you want to catch us in Cinnora? <laughs> you trying to catch these paws? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's nobody can take that away from from Smash Ultimate. You know, and and we uh you know, it's amazing like way back uh you know when the when the Switch was first revealed how we talked on this very podcast about how you know like the possibilities of all these games being able to be whipped out at any given moment. Um, yep. And that it was going to be like, you know, it, it was going to be great for like cons and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm pretty sure we said like when Smash comes out for the Switch, it's going to be game over. And, and you know, we're still like this. The Switch has been out for over a year and a half, almost mm-hmm. two years now. And we're just getting it now. And it's, it's working, like you said, it's working just as advertised, really. Um, you know, we, we, uh, we even marveled at how good, you know, local wireless was, was working um, in a room full of people with smartphones and everything like that. As opposed to the Cheeks 3DS implementation. Yeah, you know, there was, there was no interference whatsoever that we experienced. And, right. you know, we were in a living room with 10 people. Uh, yep. 10 people and I think um, – so 10 people, 10 smartphones, uh, a laptop, an iPad, uh, and four switches, five switches? Something like that, yeah. And local wireless was was just Flawless. peachy. So, you know, that's, that's – uh, you know, that's a lot of promise and that's, that's very impressive. Um, so – and I do think that that was sort of the, you know, I, I, I do think that that was the focus 
going into building that was that, you know, if people are going to be playing this, this at like packs, the local wireless needs to work. Yeah. I mean, I also think a lot of it is just switches hardware. I I'm, I'm sure I don't know the details, but I'm, I believe there must've been something with, uh, the, the 3DS's particular wireless hardware that made it a target for interference by a portable devices. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what that would be, but that's my gut. And the Switch is using probably something a little beefier and a little different. Yeah. So, but either way, yes, the credit is due where credit is due. Uh, Nintendo has got not nailed this out of the park. So, a couple more things I want to make sure we touch on. First, as I said, I wanted to come back to music. Uh, this is going to be all me right now, because I know <laughs> this is my particular area of focus. Mm-hmm. But as you and any of our regular listeners know, me and game music are very close. Like, very close. And this game is a game music lover's, like, personal wet dream. Times, like, four. As you said yourself, Nintendo iTunes is contained within this product. Yeah. And just me going through the vault and scrolling through the credits of who they got to compose tracks to this game, I'm like, what? It's just over and over, you're like, this person? This person did this? They got basically anybody that you've ever heard of that composed Japanese video game music has done work on Smash Brothers. Think about that statement. Japan as a country is legendary for video game music. And as far as I'm concerned, completely untouchable. Mm-hmm. And they assembled the who's who of, of game developing composers to work on this game. And this is the third time they did it. So the soundtrack is in its depth, breadth, and quality and noteworthiness is unbelievable. And it's not a thing that you notice too much when you're playing, but I literally said, all right, let me start setting what tracks I want to play, you know, in the my music section. Mm -hmm. And you start going through and you're like, how, who had the budget for this? Like think about the fire emblem stage, for example, castle siege. Yeah. They had a fully orchestrated opera <laughs> theme of Fire Emblem, and that's the damn default track. What? Who does that? <laughs> Think about that. Everybody, most people do not listen to like opera music, but play that track in any con or something. Everybody, oh, Castle Siege. That's Fire Emblem. Right? Did it say what? Um, oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I could, I could pick it out immediately as well. Did it say who did it? Like, was it the like Tokyo Philharmonic or whatever? Uh, they didn't say who actually did like all the orchestration. And I actually have to look. I think the Shogo Sakai, who I think is mainly like one of the Nintendo guys in house, but still, all these people are gods. Yeah, gods. All these gods that are doing all these tracks, like, yeah, let's just throw a little remix in there. What? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So the soundtrack for this game it, by itself would be noteworthy. Uh, and I think that goes to my next point, which is that I just think a lot about 
this game and the Smash's place in gaming history. Because what's so interesting to me is that the Smash games are noteworthy in and of themselves just for being the venue for already legendary series to cross over, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Mario, Legend of Zelda, Pokemon, right? Fire Emblem we mentioned before, Metal Gear, Sonic, all these legendary series crossing over with one another. So right there, it's already a big deal. And this is the fifth of those crossovers. But now it's gotten to the point where the crossover itself is worthy of its own history. Because one of the things I enjoyed most about the Smash's um, music collection is that it is uh, cumulative. Each game brings back most of the prior game soundtrack. Right. So as I'm going through, you can put, if you say, you know, I just want to put on, on like Final Destination on the stage, I just want to play Melee music. It's all there. Yeah, and you had pointed that out. You were like, oh, they brought back the original Melee uh, for this, they didn't like bring it back. It was it was always there, but you have the option of playing for any stage, like that dates back to that era. You know the every iteration of that level's updated soundtrack. Yeah, it's all of it is there, and another point about history, and this is the other major thing I want to talk about is you think about the music in this game, and it meet, this is a very very nostalgic series. Mm-hmm. As we said, everybody has a personal history with it. And just the other night, again, I was going through my music to pick out some of the tracks, and I just hit play on a couple of the melee tracks, and I was just instantly transported yeah. back to 2002, sitting in the den, you know, having my mind blown out of its little skull by what I was witnessing on screen. You know, and I'm sure you could say the same about. You know, when your first experience is playing OG Smash, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, or even more acutely, when I played my favorite Final Destination theme in the series, which is the one from Brawl. And that's a theme that we heard over and over <laughs> and over again in, in the weeks that we spent plastered in front of my TV at school playing Brawl nonstop. Yep. As soon as I hear that theme, I'm instantly transported to 2008, sitting in my dorm with you guys, just eyes glued to the screen. Great times, man. This series is so great. And for whatever its faults, what they have done is life-changing. There's just no way around saying that. Yeah, and I, I really have to do that. I really have to go back and like go into the game tonight and listen to some of the old like 64 and melee tracks and like I can I can envision myself being very young playing those games in very specific places and I I I I know that the that the the sound and the music will will just like complete the mental image. Yep. And so now I really want to do that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this series has so much history. And that's what I love about this is this in particular is Sakurai's vision. So I am gonna give him the bulk of the credit here. Uh he is somebody and just reading some interviews with him the other day, he's a huge game collector and researcher himself. 
So he has a deep, deep respect for the totality of what games are as cultural pieces. And that's something that I share. So I really always truly appreciate the fact that they go to such, like that whole team goes to such lengths to, to preserve um, Nintendo's history, really. That's what makes Smash so interesting. It's a hugely successful commercial product, but it is also a museum. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a living museum. It's a living museum. So, by the way, which is why I'm sad that trophies kind of got replaced by spirits. Um, I, I know what the mentality must have been. The mentality must have been like, okay, we can put way, way, way more spirits than we can trophies if we just drop having to write a whole description and everything and put a model in for all of them. Plus, everybody can just look all the stuff up on Wikipedia, which is totally true. But still, I, one of the foundation of my Nintendo fandom literally is me being like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> and then going into the trophy mode and then finding out. Right. So, I mean, yeah, now people can just be like, who the hell is Incineroar? And then Google it. But it's still, it's, it's just a little... From a personal perspective, it's a little bit sad for me. But other than that, it's an astoundingly amazing living museum of Nintendo and and Japanese gaming history writ large. It's fantastic. Um, So that's enough gushing from me. I don't know if you have any other uh, major thoughts you wanted to share. Well, um, I guess guess not. I mean, we we are, you know, we, I think, we share a lot of the same appreciation for what the game tries to do outside of just being a, a video game. Right. Right. Um, I do, I do want to, um, I guess I do, I, I, I do want to say, uh, you know, kind of give my own, uh, history on, on smash, like with my, like my experiences with it and, and why I think that like all the experiences that I've had with it, um, you know, uh, kind of like culminate in why I think everything that ultimate tries to do is worthwhile and special and important. Um, right. because they, they really were like, you know, periods in my life where I was with specific groups of people and I was in a specific age where we were doing this, this thing and that can be recreated almost in its entirety in this game. Right. Yep. I, you know, I, I played the first super smash brothers and I played it with my core group of friends growing up for much longer than the game's lifespan you know, well after Melee came out, we still had scores to settle in 64. And we, we did, you know, we did, we had our whole inside jokes, um, for all the stages. Um, the Hyrule, uh, the Hyrule Temple one was like, or Hyrule Castle, uh, stage in the original Super Smash Brothers was, was notorious, um, for, uh, you know, like, for stage hazards ruining the game for us. And, and we used to, we used to re- refer to it as the nature 
um, <laughs> like the the tor- they're like random tornadoes that would pop up, which I don't remember being in any Zelda game. I don't remember there being like tornadoes that would just show up um, in any in any Zelda game, but. In uh, in that in that Hyrule stage, tornadoes would just show up, and and we would all like, you know, before you could turn off stage hazards, right? You could say like you can an ultimate, you know, we would say like, oh, you know, you really gotta watch watch out for that nature, you know, that nature is gonna get you. Uh, you know, we had um, there were stages that we would actively avoid, you know, for for the various stage hazards, um. There were characters that were banned, uh, you know, everything. We had this whole, you know, we had, we, we had this whole, I guess, um, you know, uh, we, we had, we had this whole fort built, um, this, this whole, this whole fort built with our experiences, uh, playing smash, like as, as like the brick and the mortar. And we weren't, ready i don't think to like uh dismantle that and start rebuilding again with melee and i think that's part of the reason why we kept playing 64 for for much longer than we should have uh right you know we uh you know and, and then and then when melee did come out you know that we had our we had our moments where we were playing melee and then we would go to the mall um and they would have like you know, setups in the game stores for melee. And we would see like groups of kids who looked like us, right? Like groups of kids, you know, it was like weird, like, like bizarro versions of us playing, you know, playing it. And then we would go and play against them in melee. And then we all realized how shitty we were at melee. And then I think that that reaffirmed how much we needed to like double down on 64. Cause we were like, we're, we think we're good at 64, but we know we're bad at melee. So we're just not going to bother. And, uh, so, uh, you know, that, that kind of like kept us in our, in our bubble and like solidified this, this like mentality that this was like the end all be all of like how we should, you know, settle various disputes or whatever. And then, uh, you know, but, but I, I still played melee when it was around, which was, which, you know, became increasingly more often as I got closer to like college age. And then once college came around, it was pretty much all melee all the time for about a year, and then Brawl came out, and then we, like you had outlined, we played Brawl for, you know, um, like absurd. an absurd, uh, an absurd amount of consecutive hours. You know, like we we lament the loss of your original Wii um, because it had the activity log for for those few weeks immediately after the release of, of Brawl, um, which I think that if we were to look at today, would uh, you know would be um, uh, fun, I guess, to look at, uh, for lack of a better word, I I don't know if we would be like ashamed or or proud or whatever, but it would at least be fun to look at. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately we can't do that, but, but we know that those numbers are, we know that we're not inflating those numbers, uh, you know, retroactively, like it was, it was quite literally on at all, at all hours of the day. It, it, It was really bad. And the reason that we don't have that Wii anymore is because it was on all day, every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, you know, we, we, uh, it, you know, we, we did a ton of brawl and then, um, 
and then Smash 4 came out when we were all done with college and we decided, you know, we need to we need to at least at least make an effort to recreate this. So uh, Smash 4 was released right around Thanksgiving and, and we had a we had a quote unquote smash giving. Right. And we had like a pretty good turnout. We had like over a dozen people in my living room um, spent pretty much spent the night playing Smash 4. We had two big TV set up and it was a lot of fun. And we did essentially the same thing um, when when this came out, when uh, when Smash Ultimate came out. And I, and I think it's, you know, it's solidified friendships for me um, you know, different cliques, different stages of my life. It's, it's always been, it's been ever present, I I think. And, and I think that I'm, I'm, I know that I'm not alone in this. And I know that people have, you know, one of the biggest draws for this game is that if you're a longtime Smash player, all of this can be, um, can be recreated to, to an impressive extent. Um, you know, uh, in these games, particularly with ultimate. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm, I'm referring to. I'm referring to in ultimate, these can be recreated. Uh, these experiences can be recreated to, to a good amount in ultimate. Um, and I think that they have a lot of respect for what they've done. I, 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 I know that part of the reason why, you know, um, Sakurai is probably annoyed at the competitive scene for Smash is, is not because he doesn't think that it deserves to be there, but he thinks that, you know, he's trying to do so much more than just, you know, create an eSport because, you know, the, this whole, like, you know, no items, FD Fox only mentality is, is, (laughs) is such a, is, is, is an insulting strip down of, of what is a, a, like we said, a living museum. Right. Um, and I didn't even think about it that way, but yeah, you're right. And I think it's, and, and it's, and it's ignorant of what smash means as a pillar of gaming. Um, and you know, the, the fact that there would be so many people who think that they would be happy enough with one stage and a handful of characters and the, op- the option of having items completely removed, um, would be so, would be, would, f- would find that they do not want that if they were actually to get that. And I, I mean, and I think, and I think that Sakurai knows this better than anybody given his, you know, lifelong research of, of games as, as, as institutions and as, and as, you know, um, you know, technological benchmarks and everything. Um, and, and cultural products and, and cultural products that, that he was just like, you know, I, I, I'll give you a couple of the things that you want, but you know, this is, this is, this game is going to be all things to all people. Um, and I and I and I want that to be the main uh, the focus, main, the main focus, and the main the main drive and motivation for my team. Um, and I think that they, I think that if that, I believe that that was his motivation. And I think that if I am right, and it was, that he succeeded handsomely. 
From that perspective, absolutely. Like I said, we'll have to see what the competitive scene says. Um, because they will, for all this talk, and all, I think you're totally right to say that, you know, he did give the, he threw them some important bones, but the focus was much bigger, much grander than simply, you know, what a bunch of um, esports guys want to do. But because they do control a lot of the narrative online of the game, uh, those bones are important. Not to mention that some of the stuff, as we said earlier, that the competitive scene wants does benefit everybody. Like the rule set stuff does benefit everybody. Because I can't think of a single person who plays Smash that did not want um, the default change to stock, right? Mm -hmm. You know, again, we said having Battlefield and Omega, and excuse me, um, Final Destination versions of every stage benefits everybody, just more of a variety. Character balance definitely benefits everybody, mm -hmm. you know? So some of those things are good and useful things to scream from the rooftops about, regardless of whether or not you're a competitive player. But I, I totally agree that the, the vision for Smash is and rightfully should remain as a, a game that is playable by everybody. And in fact, among games that are fighting games or as Dingus might prefer to say, fighting game adjacent, uh, which Smash has above all of them, about all the traditional fighters, I should say, is that this is a game that truly does hit the mark for whatever crowd. Single player uh, gamers ha can still buy this game. The World of Light mode and like just classic arcade mode, you can still have a very meaty experience playing Smash Ultimate just by yourself. Oh, like yeah. a very meat experience. Yeah, um, that was what I was saying. Uh, that was what I was saying earlier. Is that I, I, I haven't even touched all the single player modes yet. And yeah, I, you haven't even touched all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying. Let's say you're the kind of because I know plenty of these people who are like, I don't have any interest in ever playing against another human being. You could still play this game. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you may not want to play full, full, full price, but you can absolutely still play this game, and you would still have a great experience. You know, if you're, again, the regular, I just want to get my friends together and bash some heads in, get the beam swords on and turn the Pokeballs on high, you're 100% perfectly served by this game. The competitive scene, as we've said a bunch of times already, they should be pretty well served by this game, too. Pretty much no other fighting game can say that. You yeah. know, maybe the NRS games come close, but other than nobody else can say that they hit all the scenes roughly equally. You know, so what they've achieved with Smash as a franchise is pretty amazing. Um, but again, that's that's pretty... Oh, I should also... Uh, since you gave history, I'll, I'll, most of what you said is I was there for it, literally half of that. Yeah. So I'll <laughs> <Yeah>. just... <laughs> so do, do the... Uh, we'll, we'll do like the... Um, I feel like... I'll give you the... The beginning portion. Yeah. Uh, because the beginning portion is merely Melee, right? Um, I got in with Melee, and Melee really was like... So I was at the time that I got a hold of Melee, which was early 2002, because that's when, shout out to Big Z, his family got it. Um, before that, I had already fallen in love with my other friends N64. Mario 64 completely 
that was the game that grabbed me by the balls. That was when I started like, because before that I was straight up afraid of video games. I don't know if I ever told you that, but I was flat out afraid of them. Uh, my brother had a, a pre-period where he liked to play, and I literally would like run out of the room crying at Mario Kart. It was it's to this day he's still like kind of angry when he reminisces on that uh, because he got in trouble with my mom. Why are you making a boy scream for it? But so I literally run out of the room crying at Mario Kart. And, but eventually, like, I started flirting with, like, Mario Brothers 3 and whatever, slowly got into that. But then I got a hold of my friend's N64 and played Mario 64, grabbed by the balls. Mario Kart 64, grabbed by the balls again. Um, I eventually got my own N64, started playing Paper Mario 1. I was in love. But what really was, when I basically said to myself, this is going to be, like, my life's thing, was Melee. Like, Melee was a transformational experience. I, I don't think I can overstate how, my, how much my mind was just blown apart by playing Smash Melee. And again, I had not even seen... I had never even seen footage of Smash 1 until college. And I didn't play as you and our... Uh, shout out to Donald... You know, we're both scandalized to learn during Smash Giving. I had never played the game until that day in 2014. So, so Smash Melee was like the beginning and end of my world. Uh, and from there, it was the rest is really history. The rest, as you've already said, it is is as the other games came out, I was completely and totally on board. Uh, the only thing I'll add here is that. Recently, when I considered how crazy Smash Ultimate is, that is when I realized how monumental a sequel Smash Melee is. Because I've, you know, taken to seeing, like, what was in the scope of Smash 1. And it wasn't a lot. No, I mean, no, it was a it's, brand new franchise. Yeah, I mean, they, they make it a point to talk about now how little was in that game and how shitty it was all the time. They're like, look at how far we've come from this garbage. <laughs> and, and it's like, it's like the first super smash brothers only had three and a half characters. This one has 10,000. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, you know, like, like, listen, for all I, for all I said about 64 and how important it was to me and my friend group growing up, it, it's, it's, um, Age probably the most poorly. Yeah, I, I I think that it was probably okay up until Brawl, and then it was kind of like, oh man, like there's so much that you, there's no tilt moves. There's just I can't play it anymore, you know. And, right. And the right, NC, right. not not to not even bringing up how you know, we all collectively in like 2010, you know, realized how bad the N64 controller was, you know? So, so like the N64 controller being like being bad and now there being, uh, precisely six working N64 controllers on the face (laughs) of the earth, you know, it's just like the, the original super smash brothers is just, is, is, um, 
you know, it's something to like show other people, but it's, it's, it's like fine China. Like you don't, you know, you don't use it. It's not, you break it out once in a while, you break it out once in a while. And, and the younger you are, the more stupid you think it is. (laughs) That's a perfect analogy. (laughs) They go like, why the fuck would you guys play this? Yeah. And And I'm like, yeah. And I'm just like, this is an heirloom. You ungrateful fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, people have to understand, like, that is the beginning. That is the genesis of that. When that, that dropped in, what was it, 99 that came out? Uh, pff, mm, let me double check, but yeah, continue. So, w- when that dropped in the late 90s, uh, that was people's minds must have been on the pavement. Like, people must have been like, what? I still remember what the original, thing? I still remember the original ad. Yeah, I remember you showed me the original ad, which mm-hmm. I actually do recall seeing on TV myself back in the nineties. Yeah, it but did. It I did come out in ninety nine. Oh, see, frog got the game. The game gets down. No, you got it. Uh, yeah, so that dropped ninety nine. People's minds must have been completely on the pavement. You know, like what is this new and strange thing that's also really fun? But then you have to think about what melee is like Sakurai is obviously a person like that has a mentality of I'm always moving forward, get out of the way or you're going to get run over. And melee is a, a, like, if you think about smash one versus melee, what? Like the oh, yeah, doors a, were blown off the damn car. No, it's a, it, it's, it's the biggest leap uh, for sure. Yeah, this unquestionably that is the biggest leap in the franchise. In in pr- every possible respect, the graphics still look great. Almost twenty years later, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think they what more than doubled the stage count and brought back a couple of the stages from the OG game. They basically what tripled almost the uh, the character count. While introducing a bunch of new faces to um, the United States, at the very least, all these new modes and features, it was it's completely absurd. So, the, all this is to say that if we haven't impressed that point on all the listeners already, the Smash games, as both personal history in our lives and as, as crossover for you know Nintendo properties obviously as a giant marketing tool you can't beat it and merely as a great uh encapsulation of gaming history that makes its own history by even coming out um you really can't beat this series and i i, I just think there's there's plenty of faults to these games there's no doubt about that but uh their existence i think is unquestionable we're talking about net positives net negatives right there is no doubt in my mind that the existence of the smash series is a huge 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 net positive for the world for the gaming world for nintendo for everybody yes i i agree i i'm enjoying it immensely um as are you as is everybody um you know we've we've said our piece i think i i think everybody gets the gist um, yeah, they're like, God, you guys suck the game's dick. All right, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, thanks for thanks for letting us gush about Smash for a bit. Um, 
if you want to hear our our other takes on the game, um, you can follow us on the internet at Frog Snacks on Twitter at Frog Snacks Podcast on Instagram, uh, frogsnacks.net, and we are on Apple Podcasts as well. Rate, review, subscribe to the show, and we will talk to you all next week. Take care, everybody. <laughs>